George sent mother a note when he heard that the father was gone. It was, I recall, in the form of a scroll with gold leaf and all. And I found it one day in a drawer of old photographs hidden away. song off early uh without further ado mike in kentucky you're a man of patience thank you for hanging in there if you're still there even oh i'm still here i was i didn't know tom was going to be on here i it sounded like there you was going to conference him in because if he's still on he's welcome to stay on and to keep talking because uh I, I, I think I, he's probably still listening he could call back in but he uh, sure can i was actually calling on a couple of similar things because of the weather situation we may be looking at here. But I can back up some of what he mentioned there. Uh, I had uh, decided to get a wood stove. I caught a deal on one that was like totally reconditioned after I visited one of these home and hearth stores and they were like the cheapest one that would hold a fire overnight was $1,200. And this was like 10 or 12 years ago, you know, with soapstone and, and, uh, something that would look pretty for the woman in the kitchen, you know. So I found a deal on one for 300 uh, a Sierra. And uh, we happened to find out about a giveaway at a fire department of carbon monoxide detectors where we've got a family connection, you know. So we went and got one of those. And, you know, I grew up with wood stove for several years, so winters of 77, 78, uh, maybe, yeah, probably two or three years there. Uh, it was so bad and so cold in Kentucky, people don't believe how cold it could get. It froze and busted our foundation of our house. So my dad tore out this useless uh, gas chimney and put in a, a hearth for a wood stove. Right. So uh, we didn't have carbon monoxide detectors back then, and, and uh, I think smoke detectors were just a, a new thing. But So I had been out of practice using a wood stove, and, and it's probably been six or seven years ago. We've, we've probably saved $5,000 in propane by using a wood stove, but I was insisting on getting a uh, carbon monoxide detector, and, and uh, I for, sometimes still forget to open up the back damper, you know, and you'll go to stoke it up, you open up the front and get the fire going a little bit so it draws, and if you forget to open up the, the flue damper, you still you get a little puff of smoke out, or for whatever reason, sometimes the winds changes and that kind of stuff. Uh, I had another 10 feet on my flue pipe, which made a big difference, and uh, but 
I, I let out several times. I let out smoke that I would have thought would have sm- set off the smoke alarm and the uh, carbon monoxide detector. Neither one of them went off, and they had fresh batteries in them. You know, and I, I live in a fairly uh, small place. It's older than what Tom was talking about. This uh, mid seventies uh, change where they started adding these things called a blend air fan. And uh, so the blend air fan is supposed to draw down air from the roof. And so in a cold uh, climate or whatever, when you've got, say, a light breeze, depending on how your trailer is set, you know, sitting east-west, you know, the long way is north-south or east-west or whatever, that blend air intake can be drawing air back in from your stupid furnace uh, outlet. I don't know if you right. if you picked up on what he was trying to say there. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're only 18 inches or 24 inches away. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of cases, you can take that cap off of there. You may have to go get you some, you know, construction adhesive, uh, Lexol or whatever brand you like, and go around the the pipe, but put an elbow on that thing and drop and take that, you know, extend that down over away from the furnace and and downhill from the uh, vent of the exhaust but now i don't know if you've ever used a wood stove there's times when that smoke goes down it does not go up it'll come there'll be a light right. across that roof and mm-hmm. you'll have a drag envelope on the side of your house and it draws that smoke right down into your driveway onto your car you know or whatever but right. um Depending on the weather, they used to tell tales about that too. They'd say if the smoke was going down and hitting the ground, you're going to get snow in two days. Or like tonight, we have a big ring around the moon. Oh, really? Uh, but so there's a lot to back up about what Tom says, and I've talked to him offline, off off air, and and uh, sometimes he won't say stuff on the air that uh, I don't know why. I think he he picks his battles, you know. Uh, because the, the man probably does know too much that might get him killed. It, it, that ex- Christian expression, the, uh, you have entertained a- angels unaware. I think parts right. of his life has been like a movie, you know, where he escaped and assassinated or uh, things like that. Of course, we, we all don't know how close we come to death some days. Right. Good point. Go out of the house a few minutes late and miss a head-on collision or whatever, but uh, there's... Uh, uh, a uh, video I just saw that's comparing our winter to 2012 when there was a eastern collapse in the uh, uh, El Nino, you know, the warm air current that can drive our winter, uh, and affect our winter weather. Right. Right. Uh, so they, the, winter, the weather pattern looks the same as 2012 when the uh, eastern side of the El Nino uh, temperatures plummeted, and what that does is allows uh, polar vortex to uh, spin off uh, blobs of super cooled air, and uh, they'll make it way down into uh, Kentucky or sometimes farther. Uh, I think it was 2014 and 15. We had two blasts of cold air that was uh, minus 20. And people, I tried to tell them, I said, yeah, it can get that cold here in Kentucky. Oh, I That's never happened before. Yes, it's happened before. And so, you know, anytime we have a weather anomaly like that, people want to try to blame global warming and all this junk. Uh, the latest thing I've heard is all the coral dying across the 
Hawaii is global warming, but uh, there's probably other stressors that can be going on. But every time we have one of these type of winters where we have these ice storms across a large area, which is possible this winter, just about every time you hear about four dumb guys or people get the bright idea of bringing a charcoal grill into their apartment and they're found dead, you know, from the carbon monoxide poisoning. As it's, uh, the, the smoke smells good, you know, you're grilling meat or whatever, and the next thing you plop over dead. And uh, it can happen in seconds once you realize it could be too late to get outside the fresh air before you faint. So uh, the stupid carbon monoxide detectors, and of course, if the power's out and you don't, you know, you haven't changed your battery and all that stuff in your smoke alarm or your carbon monoxide detector, uh, then you're not going to have any warning, if it, even if it does work. But what Tom's talking about there is that the sinister level of carbon monoxide that is subchronic or long term exposure over the course of many months to years uh, just drags your health down and it can, can cause these chronic type illnesses that the medical community makes plenty of money off of. And I think it's right. very telling that they stopped testing people for carbon monoxide. Like you said, their best practices changed. And I believe that coincides with this thing called the International Coding for Disease, ICD-9, which all the insurance industry jumped on. That's how they code for reimbursement. All I have to do is eliminate, you know, something, and the insurance company won't pay for it. Then the doctors quit testing for it. Uh, right. So, wow. anyway, good. But, yeah, there's plenty of stuff there. Tom could uh, probably do three hours. and Yeah, I mean, this. Tom, I didn't I didn't mean to kick you off. I meant to say uh, stay on if you want to stay on, because, like, he, this guy's 82. He's got a lot of wisdom. He's got a lot of uh, years of doing his profession, and... Uh, He's been in the yeah. trenches. He sees it. He's got firsthand experience. And again, that's our most important uh, living memory. Yeah, living memory. And uh, one one guest I'm excited to have on is another guy that has you know experience to talk to people that uh, have a completely different uh, take on World War II and all the, some other stuff. So excited to get him on and talk about what he's seen and what he wants to share. But these living memory. memories are super important. Well, we're losing it all every day. We lose uh, vital information. Right. And so over this holiday season, man, show a good example to your family by talking to these elders and listening to what they have to say. When I grew up, that's what people did. Right. You know, um, the judge had a song out in the 90s, I think one of their big hits, Grandpa, tell us about the good old days. <laughs> well, some of these subchronic right. illnesses and Alzheimer's now is hitting people in their mid-40s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, oh, it's genetic and that sort of thing. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's a good indication that uh, Alzheimer's is a prion disorder. But Tom there mentioned, and I hate to hear people do this. He's like, oh, oh I'm 82. I couldn't remember somebody's name. I'm like, I've been joking for decades that you're never going to figure out when I got Alzheimer's. I've always been scatterbrained. And what is that, uh, what is that they call the... A lot of these uh, professors on campus, you know, they're uh, not, not nutty professors, but they 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 have a a specialty, an area of specialty, and that's what they know. Uh, right. But they but the rest of their life is a mess. 
Right, yeah, I, I knew a guy whose house was completely full of old records and videotapes and stuff, and he had a wife that put up with it. <laughs> he was, a, he was a, a Jewish guy, but uh, he, he's still uh, a member of some kind of a record-collecting society in New Jersey, but uh, he had to put his stuff, I think, in a warehouse. He had so much stuff when he left town here. But So, yeah, living memory, dang important to to take advantage of because I think that's one of the elite's plans. Uh, if you look at, look back at Farrah Fawcett's movie with, uh, da- uh, what's his name, David McCollum, just died. He was on that crime, Navy crime scene investigation show, Ducky, the uh, forensic pathologist uh, in the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his name was David McCollum. He was, he was one of the original Logan's Run guys, and the premise of that whole society was nobody lived uh, after 40. They killed him. Right, I remember that movie when I was a young kid. Yeah. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, the dome cities, you know, the fifteen-minute cities, and that kind of crap. And uh, right. that break, brings me to a good point, uh, real quick. I just want to mention uh, recently two two legends in my mind uh, passed away. Doctor Deborah Day uh, Williams talk about her. She passed, and she's she's well known and written some pretty phenomenal stuff. And uh, uh, Douglas Volt died. And he was a pioneer in uh, figuring out this uh, sun micronova thing and this, these cycles and stuff like that. And he had some pretty groundbreaking information. And these two legends just, you know, they seemed like they were in good health. They seemed like they were doing fine. And then they were gone. They winked yeah, out like know. a star. You could say just, boop, that little light's gone. Right, so I kind of wonder, you know, they're they're trying to target some of these, you know, people with uh, advanced wisdom and information. Well, unfortunately, I think a lot of our modern society is uh, uh, causing some of these problems with the the choices we make in our our food and, and exposures. I actually know a guy who was considered crazy in 1980. He was running for sheriff in a nearby county. Everybody said he was nuts because he wanted to ban plastic, but he had seen what happened at the family, a good old country store, when they stopped returnable glass pop bottles. And all the, they called them Kentucky Ducks, all these plastic jugs and all this plastic that would end up uh, in the cane along the creeks every time there was high water. Uh-huh. And you just see them going down a creek, and, and those things eventually sink. And they get ground up into, you know, in the gravel and stuff and get passed right on down the high river and end up in the fish and you end up eating them. Uh, somebody told me recently they read that uh, the Gen Z now believes they're all going to die of microplastics instead of whatever, heart disease and cancer, because the microplastics have been found in every placenta tested and it's the the beads or whatever they were putting in micro beads in women's makeup for a long time. Right. That stuff uh, is so small it invades your tissues, but it'll it'll collect in the uh, bottom of your ventricles in your heart and reduce your heart capacity and crap like that, or or you know cause a stroke or whatever. And right. uh, I just shared a Facebook memory not too long ago, thirteen years ago, I think it came out that there's all these endocrine disruptors in the plastic bottled water, uh, androgens or anti-androgens, whichever it is. It, it, you know, there's so many of those factors going on to cause gender confusion. But the tale is here in Kentucky, 
you can't even suggest correcting your gender confusion to your genetic gender or you run the risk of losing your license as a counselor, yeah. either a religious counselor or a licensed psychological or psychiatrist, you know, uh, can lose their license or even offering to suggest that hormone therapies might work to fix your endocrine disruptor exposures. And uh, BPA, BPH, all that, all those plasticizers, guess where they come from? Do you got any idea? Petroleum, basically? No. No. Tallow. Tallow. So everything, they're do- everything they're doing to the beef to get it to market quicker, inflammatory uh, animal protein additives to the uh-huh. feed, which, which the deer are getting into. And I, we've had out in Western Kentucky chronic wasting disease and uh, uh, disease. Jake Jacobson's. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That, what is that from? Cannibalism. The original Kreutzfeldt Jakob disease was discovered in Africa, where the there was a secret tradition of these mixed up jungle tribes eating their ancestors. Right, so we're feeding right. ruminant animals, feeding ruminant animals, animal protein. Just in last past spring, I mean, I'm sure you remember the mad cow scare. I remember Dr. Yep. Dean Adele talking about it on the radio, wondering if we should wear a mask when we throw the bone meal out on our roses. You know, oh, the prions could survive the heat uh, that makes bone meal. He was he was talking about that in the in the 90s. Oprah got sued for bringing it up because she said, I'm never eating a hamburger again. Uh, <laughs> if you remember that, I think with the Cattlemen's Association, she just moved her whole show to Texas and made a, a spectacle out of it. It ended up uh, probably helping her popularity instead of her. Oh, I'm sure it did, yeah. I'm sure she got paid many times over for that somehow. Anyway, but- the, people, the restaurant sales went up. They, the, the marketeers, the people that gr- look at all this granular data, uh, because of that, was being talked about on her show, people actually bought more hamburger and uh, at restaurant fast food and stuff. The sales went up around her studio after that show was on. <laughs> just, right. It's like, hmm, hmm, well, a hamburger. You know, I'm not a nutritionist, but I'm pretty sure meat, it, it, you know, is a pretty important part of our diet, or at least for some people that can process it. But the problem is, like you're saying, they've, contaminated everything they're contaminating our air supply they're contaminating the building materials i mean everything we touch is just toxic garbage well including our food probably 25 years ago that they found uh, aluminum percolate and all the women's breast milk what's that rocket fuel right you know that comes that's from uh, solid propellant in uh, sidewinder missiles or the space shuttle you know solid rocket boosters so how was it getting uh, in the breast milk just from the water supply? It's it's all in through the environment. Every, you know, that's the thing. You know, they're launching all these satellites now, and the, and their tail, their, the tail is going around that they're going to eliminate cell phone towers. Right. Every sure. launch of the space shuttle, every launch of the space shuttle in 2009, and they did four launches that year, damaged the ozone layer more than all of the asthma... <sighs> asthma inhalers that they banned that year because of ozone-depleting chemicals. 
<laughs> plus, it's raining down aluminum percolate off in the Atlantic. Most of the time, the shuttle launched in a, an orbit going uh, to the east, right? Sometimes right. they launched, launched if they had a secret military mission, they launched, <clears throat> they launched in a polar orbit and went up the east coast. People right. see it. But, uh, and that Vandenberg was supposed to be the one to take that over. They're always worried that the, that the Russians or the Chinese would do something to the shuttle because they, they told tales that it was a military plane, you know, that it was actually a military design. And, it, you know, when you work back to it, that propaganda is partially true because uh, the military wanted to be able to jump up from Vandenberg to a polar orbit, one trip around the Earth, snag or release a satellite, and glide back in to the runway there at uh, Edwards, I think it is. That wow. way, the, the radar and the uh, uh, the ways that they can calculate and track and whatever the orbit of these satellites when they're released, or uh, if you remember the like James Bond movie Moonraker, that was not complete science fiction, except they flipped it, you know. Uh, they captured a shuttle instead of uh, using the shuttle to capture stuff. Uh, but that's what they were doing with that thing, was capture, uh, they could go up and capture uh, Chinese or Russian satellite right, right out of the air and bring it back down and reverse engineer it. So that part of the propaganda out of the Soviet Union was accurate about the shuttle being military. <clears throat> and they right. you know, sold as, as a re, uh, reusable space truck, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was an all-purpose thing. But, uh, no, there, there's, uh, they just this past spring in, in jolly old England, in the United Kingdom, they allow now PAP, it's called PAP, processed animal protein, to be lacing the feed of the cows, pigs, chickens, whatever, as long as it does not have any ruminant animal downer cows. The downer cows right. were seen as the, the downer cows were seen as the source of the variant VCJV, uh, Kreutzfeldt-Jakob disease. And those prions, uh, the deer are getting into them, and uh, the squirrel are getting into them, you know, because you can't keep deer and squirrel out of your bird feeder, you know. There's funny videos all over YouTube about all these squirrels and all the, the ways that people try to keep their uh, squirrels getting into their bird feeder. So if you're feeding some of these feed the feed for birds, wild birds, and it's laced with this processed animal protein, these prions can get into the environment. And so it's kind of a, uh, uh, amusing. It's not really amusing, but they've been warning Kentuckians not to eat squirrel brains for about 25 years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it turns out, though, they turns out that they've, they've known about these prion diseases for a long time. So... What I think's going on with the industrialized food revolution of the 70s, there's people getting exposed at an earlier and earlier age to these proteins and nervous tissue and stuff like that when you consume these, everything, including the oink sausage products or how many cows go into a, you know, a hamburger, who knows, right? You get that cheap log of hamburger at the store. How many animals? Right. Are- it could be a thousand cows. Right, so your odds of, and this is what I said about COVID. I said, I don't think it's a virus. I think it's something that's, it could be, a, and, and uh, they've got these studies out, concomitant, they call it concomitant 
co-infection or comorbidities, and it looks the same on the on the um, X-rays. The lung imagery looks the same as quote COVID, but it's a mycoplasma that causes this pneumonia uh, associated with COVID. And so that's why some people have had good luck with the uh, uh, nebulized uh, hydrogen peroxide or, uh, what is that, red fever tree bark. Uh, It's a quinine that's in the, uh, I hate to talk about this. I I can't share this show on Facebook now probably. No, probably not. (laughs) I'm glad you're talking about it. Well, but anyway, they're, they're, you hit all the right keywords, man. Bing, ping, ping, ping. There goes the X key score file and the fusion center right. file. And, <laughs> so, but I can share it on Gab and, and TLB Talk. No problem, I think. But not yet, anyway. Uh, but the, that's what I encourage people to do: try to get the word out about RBN. Use the links from the history uh, archives when you have a good show that has, you know better content hopefully than this one <laughs> it's right good, but uh i was i really was kind of hoping that tom would do a conference there but that's it. I, 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 i'm sorry it. i didn't mean to let him go and i, I, yeah. I yeah i wish wish he'd call back and matter yeah. of fact make sure you leave your number with mike again i know we've connected before and i wouldn't mind connecting oh, with tom too because uh, he's got my contact info but i was completely blocked from facebook i've never had ever had no warning at all Boom, my entire profile and history is deleted. They've done that to me twice. I, I, that's why uh, I, I, I recently got in. back on just to connect and watch some news, and yeah. I could care less about sharing any information, you know, beyond just maybe reposting some stuff just to oh. let people know it's a real profile. But well, I, I shared all I'm over stuff it, on you it. know. I share all kinds of stuff on Facebook for 12 years on that profile. And very few times did I get any kind of a warning. Uh, well, I think what happened, Mike, is you reached a threshold. You know what I mean? Like you you were sharing too sensitive, uh, too spot on, over the target information too many times, basically. You hit that algorithm number and boom, they just kick you out. Your whole account's gone. There's no recourse. Um, I tried. I went through the whole thing, you know. Yeah, there's two times it's happened, if anybody wants to try to avoid it. It was after a browser update. Uh And some of these browsers, like, uh, well, I was using, uh, until it went defunct, uh, Decenter, which is built off of Chrome uh, and Brave Browser. And they had a fight over gay marriage or something, so the guy took his toys and made Decenter. But it's now kind of, it's defunct. But it was a great browser because you couldn't, if a link went down or was lost, boom, you instantly went to the Wayback Machine. And you could, it, it by default, would look for that. Oh, that's cool. Yes, that was excellent, you know, to wow. find stuff that's been memory hold. But the way Facebook, Facebook works, when you're memory hold, you're gone. Gone. Even if you've got, even if you've got the link to the, and I had articles and notes up that were pretty detailed, you know, if people want to do a deep dive into the uh, 150-year con job of Christians called uh, dispensationalism. Right. I had a very long article on that. I have oh, nice. some of my content over to LinkedIn. My LinkedIn profile is uh, tiny, and so is my Gab and my 
uh, TLB Talk because I haven't been on there much, but uh, uh, yet, you know, just a year or two. But uh, I, I was able to scarf some of that content because I saw what was happening as Facebook started deleting these features like notes and files. You right. have a group like a, have a group called Newslines, and they, you could put a file up. It would have rich text editor, and you could put in pictures and links and uh, make paragraphs and bullet points and stuff, so it really improved the readability. And finally, finally, I've noticed some of these platforms are allowing you to put a paragraph or a, a, a line break into your post rather than have one big jumbled text. Right. Another trick I've found is that you can go use something like uh, Notepad or whatever that has those type of text features where you can add a add a paragraph or a blank line. And you, type, you, you know, just copy and paste your uh, post. You get inspired, you know, and you're typing too big of a paragraph. You can paste that over to a Notepad and add your paragraphs and punctuation and stuff, edit it, delete, and repaste it. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it improves sense. the readabil- readability of your post, you know. But I think right. what got me, I know what hey. got me, I think. Hey, hang tight, Mike. Hold that thought. We'll uh, got a commercial break. Got to get to real quick. Hang tight. This puppet show stays on because of you. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pastures meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low-quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free-range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms of the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you've definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. 
beef, poultry, and pork, raised the way nature intended. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Kentucky, appreciate your call, Mike. Um, just everybody knows. Everybody knows. Uh, Peter Gabriel is a WEF member. Sorry to play his song. Kind of like the old tune. But uh, <laughs> played Robert <laughs> Plant. Robert Plant probably is. I mean, they all are. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> um, well, I like that song. That I, song, uh, Robert Plant. That big log you played earlier. That bridge. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you knew what that was. Yeah, that's that big song. I, I was a, early on in my DJ career. I, I his that song came out, and it was it that, that song and uh, what is that uh, owner of a lonely heart? They yep. extended mixes of those, and there were several. You could line up a another copy of it, and you could make an extended mix that lasted forty minutes or something. I did a lot of overnight shifts where I had songs that lasted forty minutes. I didn't have any commercials to play. <laughs> Dude, that's, <laughs> that's wild. I didn't I would, know that. Yeah, you could. You could. They had some of those on uh, uh, the big uh, extended forty uh, fives that were uh, on an album size disc instead of a forty five, and they were. Uh, um, I they called them DJ mixes. Of course, in the early eighties, album oriented rock was a big thing, so it was uh, not so much in our town. But I had a lot of listeners like, "Man, I really like listening to your stuff. You, I could go to sleep listening to your show." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i remember yeah. in the uh i think 2000s or maybe even the 90s uh i don't know what what genius figured out but anyways you you, you started the pink floyd uh dark side of the moon album at a certain mm-hmm. part i think where she falls through the hole 
on um, Alice in Wonderland. So you start yeah. it right at that part or something like that, and the music just lines up with the movie. Like <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> Careful that you don't uh, don't break a needle. But I had a, an early goth girl show me this in 1990, and I had I had heard about all this backmasking crap, and I was like, yeah, whatever, you know. Right. Christians Christians playing the Beatles backwards until they heard it say something, or they thought they heard it say something. But the same promoter that married uh, Shania Twain, uh, I forget his name at the moment, but getting Alzheimer's snow. Uh, that's that's what I wanted to touch on with Tom there, is confidence is a big factor here. And your friends and family uh, can undermine your confidence by saying, well, you're getting old, you're getting slow, just because you can't remember something. True. That's you know? a good point. So confidence is a big factor. I just talked to another 82-year-old about this, and all the family is, like, sympathetic. and She's bright and chipper and stuff. I talked with her for uh, probably a half an hour. And I told her, she said, well, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting where I can't remember stuff. And I said, well, there's some tricks on how to do that. Put yourself in the, in the situation or the environment that you were in and start reminiscing about stuff. And your brain will recall that because your brain stores stuff kind of like a hologram. The memory is there. It's in multiple locations. And it can take a while to go through and search and find it, uh, if, especially if it's an older memory. But if you put yourself right. in the on the front porch swing where you saw the septic tank installed 40 years ago, you can reminisce about stuff and then go, I remember where that backhoe was sitting. I know where exactly right. where that is. You know, So there's techniques to, you can use to to do recall. I recently misplaced a cell phone, and where I hang out a lot of times, there's no cell phone signal because I couldn't call it to find it. So I had right. to do that. I had to retrace, retrace my steps and sit down. Or I had last knew knew that I had it, and sure enough, I had set it, and it was hidden in plain sight, right where you could step on it. Right. I, I will add that also. Uh, sure. I think a lot of people are having um, issues recalling stuff, or mental fog, or whatever, because they're surrounded by all this EMF frequencies. I mean, we've never been subjected to these high radiation levels, Wi-Fi everywhere. You know, cell phone signals going around. You got the radio and TV signals. I mean, microwaves. I mean, they got all these things bombarding us at all times. And I'm, I'm kind of curious. I just wanted to put it out there. Any callers yep. in the next couple weeks? A couple times I've woken up with some headaches. Wasn't yep. drinking. You know, no no explanation why I just right. all of a sudden wake yep. up with a headache. You know what I mean? Yep. Probably dehydrated. The mystery migraine, the mystery tinnitus. Start looking into that. You find that there. You can you can research that for weeks and still not find out what the cause is. Right. One of the things that I when I first started having a ophthalmic migraines, I eliminated everything I could find that had monosodium glutamate (MSG). Mm-hmm. And so I stopped eating these grilled salami sandwiches, you know, and stuff like that that I knew probably had it. And my ophthalmic migraines faded away for a long time. Uh, but I've been around, you know, where I've been in the media, I've been around electromagnetic fields since the late 70s. Automated. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I work around them, too. But, I mean, I just, you know, you got to wonder. Like, there, there's just so much going on. And, you know, of course, you know, the military's been working with these active denial systems and, you know, been doing this stuff for a while. So you just got to wonder, you know, oh, you know, they're putting up all these uh, 5G towers in the middle of COVID. Wonder why, you know what I mean? And so. 
Well, and a lot of them, you, they're inconspicuous. You can't really tell what they are. Right, they camouflage them, so it probably you know helps disguise them so that we don't look over the skyline and go, "Wow, there's like a you know fifty uh, cell phone towers in this little area." Well, in Chicago, they call them junkyards on a pole, but a lot of these are deployed. <laughs> a lot of these are deployed. They're just a simple uh, telephone pole with a little voltage box on the bottom somewhere, you know, to access uh, have a rudimentary meter in them. And uh, they they went to these LED lighting systems because they don't draw as much amperage. And so that provides uh, extra electricity on the infrastructure that's already there. They can install, you know, Wi-Fi to control the traffic signals and uh, these little coffee can-sized 5G nodes at the street right. level. There's this, uh, there's this whole thing called sidewalk as part of the Internet of Things. Look that one mm-hmm. up. Maybe I'll track your... Do you think, okay, I'm leaving myself at home, they're not going to track me? Is your dog got a chip in it? You know, you're walking the dog. Just every time you go, right. <laughs> they're keeping track of Fido for you. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I played that um, uh, Sabrina Wallace uh, clip, and she was talking about the, you know, uh, biosensors, how we're all pretty much implanted with biosensors, and they were able to implant RFDI chips in people in the 60s. 50s and 60s even. Yeah, and, you know, so again, you know, you got to wonder, this this DARPA, all this black money <clears throat> that ends up missing, all the, you know, scams and, you know, you know, the CAs running all the freaking drugs and you just got to well, wonder, where's all this money going to and what are they doing with it? Their tech manipulation investment uh, firm is called NQTEL, I-N-Q-T-E-L, yep. NQTEL. Right. And so they keep their fingers in at least 600 pies, and they can steer technology the way they want it to go. And uh, all this stuff is classified for 25 years until it's commercialized. It's up for review to be declassified, and you find out, oh, they've been listening to Grandma having her affair with the milkman in the late 60s doing voice-to-text. Uh, Tom, right. by the way, is one, Tom is one of my sources. Uh, I think he was recruited by the... Uh, Rand Corporation, and he saw at the university level you could speak into a microphone and it would the text would go on the screen. Well, when I started fooling with computers in the early 80s, that was not even really possible. I mean, they were still putting it out like it was experimental. Mm-hmm. They could do... I have another source that escaped the Holodomar, one of the Soviet bloc countries. Right. Uh, escaped with her baby on her hip through the snow like a... Uh, uh, the Von Trapp family in uh, Sound of Music. Oh, wow. They escaped. Yeah, they escaped. Uh, and when she landed in uh, a large city, she ended up uh, uh, at a, tele- a telephone company. And because of her thick accent, they recruited her to go into the lab. And she was tweaking voice-to-text in the late 60s for heavy Eastern European accent. So in the course of my working at this local defunct TV station... One of the first things you were talking about, human trafficking, that's why I called in. One of the first few that I heard of these turned out to be a cordless phone. It was a mystery why our software was locking up in our Xerox 3000. You there, Mike? I don't know if we're still on or... Mic cut out or something happened to my audio. I just 
Mike just cut out. Are we still on, Mike? Are you there? Well, I don't know. I guess I'll just keep talking. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, just briefly, you know, uh, going back to Facebook, you know, they it's coincidental that uh, Facebook started the day after something called LifeLog, um, you know, went dark, basically. They shut down. And Facebook was a DARPA creation. Anyways, uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure Facebook's going to store all the deleted information and put it in a file and hand it to the government, you know. But uh, when they de when they delete your file, oh, good, uh, Mike's back. Um, when they delete your account, it's gone. It's kind of funny because my first account, you know, which, mind you, you know, you put a lot of time and work and you got pictures or whatever, you know. But, you yeah. you know, put all this stuff on there and then they just completely delete it. But, uh like it'll it'll say that uh like 17 likes and you go to try to see how many you know what who the people were and my name is you know conveniently disappeared so even though there were 17 they only show you 16 so my account is completely freaking gone and of course you cannot talk to a live person at facebook that i know how to <laughs> maybe a lawyer could anyway mike you're back on sorry uh, yeah, that was interesting, but uh, no, uh, they call it scraping, and they scrape out all your data, and uh, it's all in your X key score file, your IC reach uh, file, your right. uh, uh, fusion center files for the multi-jurisdictional task forces. You know, they, they've got their own profile on you. And can we use any of that data in our defense? If, if we're probably, I bet they could. No. I mean, I'm sure we could if they, if they allowed us access to it. Well, that's that's where equal justice fails, and the entire legal system has been scrapped. We're dealing with the pirate government because right. because we are not allowed to use that in our own defense. Now, a real short story here: a buddy of mine in a suburb of a large midwestern city. Right. Uh, came home from his night job at 7.15 or 7.10 in the morning. There's 50 cars in the parking lot, and he noticed Ecuadorian license plates on them. So he's like, what the heck's going on here? And they're lined up in rows like they're ready to jump and run, you know. And uh, he started noticing there's crowds of three, four, five of them sitting around talking or standing there talking in the parking lot. And there's no bars open. There's nothing. There's no reason for him to be there unless it's some kind of staged, coordinated event. So he gets out his phone as he's walking toward the building and videos him. And wow. goes up live on Instagram, I think it is, he said he used. Well, uh, uh, four of those guys come after him, beat him up, steal his cell phone, say, you not record us. And they're, and he so he walks back to his van so he do, they don't see where it is that he's going, you know, what door he was going to go in. He goes and sits down in his van. He's bleeding. And he sees those guys playing with the phone trying to delete the video, you know. And all this stuff that he's doing, because I'm sure he's a target, all this stuff that he was doing with that phone is now in the, the Fusion Center Special Operations Division file on him. So he sits in right. the van, and then all of a sudden, within about two minutes, three minutes, the whole parking lot starts emptying out. And he notices right in front of him the four guys that beat him up getting in a van so he stares at the license plates and trying to memorize it and as they pull out guy on the pastor side pokes the driver and look pokes back you know points back at him and they 
back up and jump out and come at him. Well, he gets his thirty eight out and fires it into the air. Wow. And the, the cops are on him like stink on boot, you know, bleep, whatever. They were on right, him in right. no time. Here he's still, they all left. He's still bleeding. And the guy's like, drop your weapon, you know, whatever. And, and uh, hands on the steering wheel and all this stuff. So they confiscate his weapon. They cuff him, put him back in the cruiser because two women immediately show up that weren't there, two women cops. So he sees them all powwowing while he's in the back of the cruiser. The cop, uh, and I try to tell him, I said, all that data is yours. You need to demand that in the discovery process because you have self-defense. Right. And they acted like they didn't care that he was bleeding and he'd been beat up. Oh, of so course not. We do not have equal justice. He cannot use that data that is in his file to defend right. himself. Hey, and Tom Tom called back in, so you know. Okay. No, I agree with you. You're right. You're right. We're we're uh, we're yeah, like you said, in a pirate system. Yeah. Tom, you called back in. Thank you, Tom. Sorry, sorry to drop you earlier. I didn't mean to do that. I, I will confirm that you're in a system where we get no justice. That is a fact. Anyway, One and a half just, billion targets. One and a half billion targets collecting data on everything. Yep. Go ahead, Tom. Anyway, Mike, I, I, I'm not sure. Did you give get, get a completion on the problem with a carbon monoxide detector? That's what that I found just, out. That it, the, the subchronic level, it doesn't even go off. Even the best ones don't even go off when you're being subchronically exposed. And it's enough to maybe cause infant death syndrome, right? Right. Trip the death. CDC recommends that a woman who's pregnant should not be exposed to more than 15 to 25 parts per million over, uh, what, two hours? I'm not, I'm not sure the time, but anyway, less than a day. Yet if you're in an office or a work area and OSHA comes in and finds anything more than 50 parts, they will evacuate that area. But the alarms are not set. The commercial alarms that you buy from Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever, they're not set to go off until they exceed two to 400 parts per million. Imagine, 20 parts per million for a pregnant woman, but the alarm doesn't go off until you've exceeded 200 parts per million. And that's short-term. That doesn't, you know, the accumulation over long-term. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's, that was the main thing. Well, you could have asymptomatic exposure, basically, is what you're saying. What, this, what I've heard called subchronic. Right, right. Right. And right, there's so probably... Your faith. And that occurred in 1976. And it's still going on. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, they, the haven't, they haven't affected any remedy. Well, I know somebody that bought recently a modern home, and they have actually started telling people when you set one of these up to throw the windows open for a couple of weeks, you can't, you shouldn't really move into it unless it's fair weather because all the off Yeah, that's for the, the, uh, the solvent of the formaldehyde. The building materials. Yeah, so that's you, you got transitory. Yeah. I've heard that about new cars, too. You know, when you get a new car, like, all that plastic is just off-gassing and, you know, just poisoning you. Yep. You know, they, recognize that and they recognize that problem. And Jesse Finneran in New Orleans, he saw my work on the web. He was a 
uh, sheriff's deputy down there in, in the Gulf or in, in New Orleans. And he saw my work and he called me up and asked me if I would come down and help him identify the problem because they'd identified the formaldehyde off-gassing and the materials, but they were not aware of the carbon monoxide problem. The, yep. the FEMA trailers, the small ones, especially, yep. you got a propane and a gas stove and oven in there, and you're doing that uh, Cajun cooking, turning the stove on when you get out of bed, leaving it on till you go to bed, and it's all accumulating those fumes in that small box, and they did not know that along with the uh, formaldehyde from the building materials, they were also being poisoned with the carbon monoxide and the currently created formaldehyde in the flame of that cook stopper, cook, cook topper oven. See, when you're well, burning... The first, okay, the go first ahead. Went after Katrina, all these hurricanes happen generally, the biggest ones in the fall, right? So when they got in this, quote, emergency housing, they were all fairly brand new, and they spent that first winter, maybe the second winter, in there, and the modern trailers are much more airtight than the older ones for fuel efficiency. Right. So whatever you're being exposed to, if you keep that thing all closed up, uh, really you should probably crack a window somewhere. And I know plenty of people that throw all kinds of blankets on and they'll crack a window and let the cold air come in while they're sleeping on the window beside of them. And, uh, but there's probably been untold numbers of poor folks that can't defend themselves that have been thrown into child protective services for infant death and it could be something. Yeah, I had a couple of those. Oh, really? I'm talking about in New Orleans, in Mississippi as well. Yeah, and what did the Podesta brothers and, and Hillary try to do with those trailers? That's an interesting side story. Remind me, yeah, what I, was that story again? Well, I got them de decommissioned. You know, they were not... De to put people, more of those trailers into service, or, or they were supposed to do something to get the families out of them. That didn't really happen. But the, uh, those decommissioned trailers were parked in, the, uh, in those lots there in Mississippi and Louisiana. And then later, certain foundation tried to pawn them off or broker them off and uh, get them distributed to the Haitians as well as the Veterans Administration. When I found out that that was being attempted. I went to the VA and also to the World Health Organization <laughs> there in D.C. Wow. And when I explained to the problem, the directorship of the World Health Organization said, well, that fixes that. We won't accept any more of those. And that's when I was, quote, biologically readjusted in D.C. Cost me my sight. But anyway... I never know when I when I've talked to you off air, Tom. I never know what I should talk about and what I shouldn't, as far as some of your harrowing near death experiences. Wow, that's crazy, Tom. I'm, jeez. Uh, by the uh, way, we're we're coming up on the last bit of the show, but I want you guys to hang on when we go off air. Just I want to talk to you both uh, offline for a minute. But uh, I'm I'm glad you guys called because you know you both got a lot of uh, firsthand experience and. Again, that's what I'm trying to bring, you know, to 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 these archives. Um, it's just hearing from the older folks, like what they're seeing, how they've seen it, how they live their life, and you know what they dealt with. And uh, the fact of the matter is, I mean, we've pretty much established they're trying to kill us. 
in a lot of different ways. <laughs> Shut us down, media-wise. They're, I liken it to, um, <clears throat> you know how vampires are supposedly, you don't see their reflection in the mirror? Right. Well, they basically, if you consider the media like a mirror, the vampires don't have to worry about their reflection anymore because somebody's went around town and hit every mirror with a rubber mallet. They're all, you know, fractionated and... You're less right. likely to notice that vampire walking up behind you. Right. <laughs> so that's one. That's a military tactic, by the way. Jam, fractionate, take down, destroy media when you're get, you know, going to invade a country. So right. they're shutting us down to where... Well, you know, I, I, I had a double whammy. I'd already gotten over out of her trouble down in Amarillo. I got her into trouble by preparing Howard Lyman to go on and talk about Mad Cow. I'd worked on the Mad Cow issue back in the 50s and 60s. We knew way back then that was the precursor to Alzheimer's and the other dementias. Anyway, so when I found out what was happening in New Orleans and in the Gulf, I let Stedman, Stedman know, and then he passed that on to Oprah. And then she went down there and asked him for her. She donated several millions of dollars to the uh, for the victims of uh, Katrina. When she found out what was happening with her money, uh, she went back down there and asked asked for it back. Was a lot of one minute. I think we got about one minute left, Tom. Okay. Yes, sir. I think we anyway, do. The only thing I want to make sure is anybody listening. One, that's one out of ten are living in manufactured or mobile homes like Mike. One out of ten, they need to go to gassingamerica.com and make sure you're not being poisoned as we come into the cold or the brood of winter. That's my worry. Go to gassingamerica.com. Gassingamerica.com. And don't, don't get on the Darwin Awards by bringing the dang charcoal grill in if there's an ice storm and you don't have any power for a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good advice, guys. Stay on the line with me for a minute. Uh, sure. I appreciate you both calling in. Thanks a lot. Uh, audience, you have a great, great uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. And we'll see you next year, I guess. Thanks so much. publicbroadcasting.org smash that donate button like Russian peacekeepers smashing through the Azov neo-Nazi terrorists in the Donbass. I don't think you can explain politics without looking at Jewish power any more than you can explain physics without dealing with gravity. 9-11 was a jointly conducted covert operation that involved multiple states, the Saudis, the Israelis, and what you could call the deep state in the United with States. anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're jiggling juice, we used to say, the, uh, the dancing Israelis. Uh, so even the Republicans now are compromising and they're pushing issues that are destructive to the white race. 
they would always say, like, are we just going to talk about this stuff on the radio? Like, what are we going to do about it? Either we force the democracy to work by actually getting the ballot access, getting the candidates, getting in office, getting our message out there to the people, or we expose just how undemocratic it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.